Right, quick question to get you all thinking before you switch off when I get going in a few moments' time. I want you to raise your hand if you've ever had to work or spend time with somebody that you class as having a bad attitude. Keep your hand raised if you're sitting next to that person right now. Don't. Um, Serious second question. Raise your hand if you enjoyed the experience of working with that person that you just thought about. Wow. One absolute saint there. Or sucker for punishment, who knows? It's really, di- working with people that have a bad attitude is really difficult, isn't it? It can be draining, uh, discouraging, and, and disappointing. I remember a, a long time ago, way before I, I came here, just making that really, really clear, I worked with somebody, or worked under somebody that had a really uh, bad attitude uh, quite a lot of the time. I remember uh, a particular project that I poured my heart into for months and months, and I thought it had gone really well, worked with a huge uh, lot of other people, it attracted loads of people to come along. And the comment I got afterwards from the person that looked after me was, you didn't tidy up properly. It totally destroyed me more than I can imagine. Simple words, but I just felt so discouraged and despondent afterwards, after those words had been spoken. If somebody has a bad attitude, it's infectious, isn't it? It can seep in and spread, and it can make us feel less encouraged, less motivated, and less willing to to make an effort. Thankfully, God did do some work into me, so I was working me, so I was able to continue and be able to go back to putting effort into things again. Bad attitudes really do impact others. It's the opposite, though, isn't it? When you spend time with somebody that has a good attitude. Hands up here if anybody's had to work with somebody whose attitude they have looked up to and really admired, work with or spend time with. Keep your hand raised if you enjoyed spending time with that person. I remember as well, I've worked, I've worked on lots of different people. I remember a particular guy called, called Martin Corns who really inspired me. His attitude towards me and towards others was just always so genuine. He encouraged, he supported, he helped, guided, looked for solutions, not problems. He made you want to go that extra mile and made you believe you could do more than you thought you could do on your own. You felt energized and encouraged and expectant after spending time with them rather than drained, discouraged, and disappointed. Good attitudes are so much easier to work with, aren't they, than bad attitudes. Now let's make this a little more personal. What sort of person do you want to be known as? Do you want to be known as somebody that has a bad attitude that brings discouragement and despondent to those that they meet? Or would you like to be known as somebody that has a good attitude? Somebody that brings encouragement, hope, 
help, blessing to others. I hope that like me, you'd rather choose the latter. You'd want to be somebody that's known as having a good attitude. Somebody that people trust and will go to and feel safe spending time with. The passage that we've just had read to us from Philippians is a passage that focuses on the importance of attitude for people that claim to be followers of Jesus. In the passage we had tonight, the centerpiece of this whole book of Philippians is about what kind of attitude you have. I love you to keep your Bibles open. So I'm going to go through bits of it at the moment, in a moment. And I just want to, before we get in, it, this, this, uh, this passage that we had is, is like, the, I just said it's the centerpiece of Philippians. But one more thing about that. Those verses, in particular verses uh, 6 to 11, they are like everything else that Paul says in the letter are like centered on those verses around Jesus and what it means. And all the other different things he says feed out of this. And those sort of verses about the attitude of Jesus had and what he did were probably some kind of early poem or creed or maybe even song that was popular and around that the church is new. And Paul is saying something about that, about what our relationship to those truths that are contained in that should be. But before we get to those verses, let me just look at the ones that come a little bit before it, sort of the, the, the first four. Because um, Paul kind of sets up what he's about to say about this by asking, um, by saying two things. The first thing he says is that having a right attitude is something that is personally beneficial. It's something that benefits us personally. At the start of the reading, we heard Paul, uh, certainly in the, uh, the, the versions that you've got there, and this is how it is in the Greek, asks a bunch of rhetorical questions to which the Philippian church would have clearly answered yes to straight away. He asked them if they've had any encouragement from being united in Christ, any comfort from knowing that he, you're loved and, and in relationship with God. I'm paraphrasing the questions. And the Philippians would have gone, yes, 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 to those. If you just flip back to the, look back over the page to the start of Philippians in chapter 1 and verses sort of, sort of halfway through verse 4, Paul starts off the letter by saying this, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Paul says partnership in the gospel. That's gospel, it literally means good news the good news of Jesus, saying they're partners in the good news of Jesus. The, Philipp, the people in the ch at the church in Philippi didn't follow Jesus because they thought he was bad news and they wanted their lives to be miserable and boring. But because when they heard the message of Jesus, they saw it as good news. It brought them encouragement, hope, expectation, relationship with God beyond their wildest dreams of what they knew was possible. Paul is saying that in Jesus they found something that made a difference to them personally. 
it benefited them. And I hope when we're reading those questions here tonight, and if we've come to know anything about Jesus and accepted him, and we should be able to answer, yes, I have found encouragement in Jesus. Yes, I have found hope and comfort in him. Because that's what he came to do and to bring amongst a host of other things. Having a relationship with Jesus benefits us. But then Paul continues. He says that having that, having a, a, a good attitude, also brings you into community, closer relationship with other people. And he goes on to implore them. Make my joy, joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one spirit and of one mind. What Paul is getting at here is that when you believe and trust in something and you have it in common, it should bring you together. Differences become less important and relationships and reconciliation become of greater importance. When I was um, a young lad, actually an older lad and even a a young adult, I spent a lot of time uh, going around and watching my local football team. Farnborough Football Club used to go to home and away matches and because of the league we were in I used to travel to some pretty obscure places Telford, Merthyr Tidville, Southport anyway I won't bore you with any more of of the list but when we used to go away to these places um, there wasn't a massive group of us um, 80 if you're pushing it, more likely uh, 40 to 50 away fans traveling to these places. And we didn't know all of each other by name, but we kind of got to recognize each other. And we all would, not all of us, but we'd all have, most of us would have either Farnborough shirts on or hats or scarves. And we all used to look out for each other when we traveled around the around the country to these obscure places. We would stand together at the football ground and follow each other around. We'd make sure no one was left alone. If somebody started singing a song, we'd all back them up and join in with them. People, I have to be honest, that outside of the football world, I would never have probably chosen to hang out with or spend time with. Yet we had that one thing in common and it brought us together. Jesus is like an awesome example of that because believe it or not, Jesus is even better than football. And we all have something in common. And and what Paul is saying, that actually when we have that something in common, it can bring us and it should draw us together in relationship with one another. Knowing Jesus benefits us personally, but it draws us together and should make us want to be together as a community with those others around us. And this is when the passage starts to get really, really challenging. Because then Paul says, how do you, begins to explain, how do you go about doing this? Verse 3, let me read it to you just to remind you, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not continually looking to your own interests, 
but each of you to the interest of others. And then before anybody can object to that, really, really challenging, Paul hits home with the next line that kind of like almost raises the bar even higher. He said, your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ. Who? Paul is making it clear that this was the attitude that Jesus had. And there follows in the verses 6 to 11 this wonderful uh, description of what Jesus did for us, of coming down to earth, living amongst us, serving us while he was here, dying for us. And then because he was willing to do that, God raising him up. And what Paul is saying here is that what Jesus did for us was only possible because of his attitude towards us and also towards himself. He had a willingness to let go and come and meet people. Those verses are so rich, you could probably do a whole sermon series on them, and I'm not going to unpack the depths of all of them tonight. But there are just a few things I want to say about what the following verses, uh, I think, are trying to get at in the sort of attitude that Paul is encouraging the Christian church, the community, to have and to recognize. And I hope it's going to be helpful and encouraging for us and not leave us feeling totally uh, unworthy and daunted by the prospect of trying to have the same attitude as Jesus. So the first thing I think what these following verses uh, say, mainly based on verse 6, is that attitude... What Paul is trying to say is attitude is more important than any kind of attainment or position that you have. Verse 6 says, Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, something to hold on to or, or use to his own advantage. What Paul is saying here is he's recognizing Jesus was God. God, the eternal, awesome, creator of all things. The one who had the power to create the vastness and breadth of the universe. That we know how vast and immense it is with all the billions and billions of stars and galaxies. That vastness, but also the great intricacy and detail that there is in the world. He created our world and us too, and made us work. Power and awesomeness beyond our comprehension. Someone totally deserving of praise and glory. Somebody that had authority and power. Yet somebody that was not going to use that position for themselves and for their own advantage but had a willingness to let go of it. I was thinking about how we maybe could put that in everyday language. I was wondering if perhaps we could think of God as like, this doesn't quite work, but I hope he gets the point home. God is like the big boss of a CEO or, or a corporation. 
And rather than staying in his nice, lovely, shiny corner office on the top floor that's massive, that's probably got sofas in there, that's really comfortable, where he can call and bark orders from and get people to do things from afar, this passage is saying there was a boss that was willing to come out of the comfort and the place and let go of it if he needed to. And actually, he wanted to, as we will see. So a good attitude is willing to let go of their attainments, of what they have, of what they hold on to. So an attitude of willingness to let go. But the second thing is to have an attitude, a good attitude is one that serves others where they are. So it's not just about getting out of the office and then barking and ordering at people when you're out of that place of comfort. But it's about going down and serving people when you do that. Verses 7 and 8. He, Jesus, made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient even to death on a cross. Jesus reached out and became like one of us. I wonder how many of you have ever watched the uh, TV series Undercover Boss. Has anyone ever watched that? I used to really enjoy um, watching that. For those of you that don't uh, know what it was, it was basically uh, the boss or a very senior manager at a company uh, would go and be uh, disguised by uh, the TV show's uh, makeup crew so he didn't look like himself anymore. And then he would go right in at the bottom of the company disguised as an everyday worker and spend a week working as an everyday worker with people that this company employed. Um, it was a really, really interesting uh, show. And what it showed was the bosses would have to uh, would see things from a totally uh, different uh, perspective. They'd see what the workers had to put up with. And in every single episode, virtually, it, it made a positive uh, impact and difference to the company, both to the management and to the workers. Often the boss would hear uh, uncomfortable comments and views about him him or her management style or the company's management style and how the p workers weren't cared for or listened to even if they had uh, good values. Um, but what happened at the end is these bosses realized that it was far better to lead people through friendship by coming down and meeting and listening and valuing them than by fear and just ordering and saying, you've got to follow me because I'm the boss. It was better to come down to people's own level, <laughs> to work with them and listen to them rather than insist and issue orders from above. Jesus coming to earth is slightly different from that, but it's almost like the ultimate incredible example of that. Obviously, Jesus wasn't undercover. He didn't come in disguise. He made it quite clear and plain who he was when he was here. And Jesus came not only to listen to us, but he came to serve 
us, to help us to do what we couldn't do for ourselves on our behalf. He was willing to go all the way. A good attitude is willing to let go and also then to serve. But this serving, which is my third point, is not just so God can feel good about himself or us serving. It's not just so that we can feel good about ourselves. But it's with an attitude to try and raise people up, to be a blessing to others. Jesus coming down to earth was because he loved us and he had a desire to help us to raise us up. On um, Monday and Tuesday uh, this week, uh, a few of us, uh, so it's Patrick and is anybody else here? So Stuart went, uh, Sarah Tatt went as well. I think he's also here. Oh, Sarah Slater, not Sarah Tatt. Yeah, it's long, long Slater. I mean, we, went, we were on a church uh, leadership conference and one of the, has, was absolutely brilliant. If you want to know more about it, come and speak to uh, uh, Patrick or I or Stuart afterwards. Um, but we heard a guy there called John Maxwell speak, who's a world-famous um, writer and speaker on leadership. He sold millions and millions and millions. I couldn't remember the exact number of millions of copies of books he sold around the world, but it was in the high numbers of millions. He's given advice to UN ambassadors on how to lead world leaders as well. He's been in you know, some of the biggest companies speaking to high-up managers, giving people advice on how to, to lead well. Guess what he was before he was a guru, a leadership guru? He was a pastor of a church. Guess where he gets all his material from? He says all his material on leadership is based from the Bible. Anyway, that's just an aside. He said... When, uh, <clears throat> oh, and by the way, uh, every, in his definition of leadership, just one other thing which makes his next thing I'm about to say really, really relevant to every single one of us is his definition of leadership is influence. He says, if you have influence over somebody, you are a leader in that area. So this isn't just for people that have positions of authority. I'm sure every single one of us here have influence over other people in certain times or spheres. Anyway, he said, followers, so people that follow a leader, which is every one of us, I think, in certain situations, ask three questions about their leaders. They ask these three questions. Do you like me? Can I trust you? Can you help me? Those three questions, I'll say them again. Do you like me? Can I trust you? Can you help me? And he said, if they can answer yes to all of those, they are going to follow you and you are going to get the maximum effort and energy out of them that you could. I just wanted to take those three questions. I was thinking, because I'm quite reflective, and I thought, I'm going to put them and think about Jesus and our following of Jesus. Is How do those questions work with our following of Jesus? Well, does Jesus like us well he goes beyond that doesn't he he doesn't just like us he loves us he 
he died for us. He gave us, forgave us our sins and gave us new life. Can we trust Jesus? Well, yes, everything he did and said was truthful and life-giving. He never deceived or misled anybody. Can he help us? Well, yes, he can. He gives us life and forgiveness, as I've already said. He gives us the ability to live lives differently, to bring hope and joy. Jesus came down not just so that we could see how great and glorious he is. Yes, we can see that through him coming down, but also to raise us up so that we could go and be with him. He helps us. He benefits us. And what Paul is saying is that's kind of the attitude that we should have. We should be willing to let go, go and serve others, get close to other people, and look for ways to bless and help others. And that's the type of attitude, finally, that is rewarded by God. Verses 9 and 10. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. This attitude of Jesus transformed the world and will continue to transform it until Jesus comes again. It's what brought glory to God. It's what brings hope for us. And it's what is going to bring hope and transformation to the world. I know it can seem like a big ask. And we can think, well, how can I have that attitude? And I don't think Paul is trying to make us feel guilty. He's just trying to impress on the church and on the people the importance and what transformation can happen when we have that attitude, that willingness to not try and just hold on to what we've got, but let go, get close to people, seek to bring blessing, because that is what brings transformation. That is what raises people up. That is how God did it, and that is how God wants to do it through us too. So I'm coming to the end now. I just want to finish by asking you to think about what is changing your attitude going to look like this week for you? Is there a place or a situation where you need to be more willing to let go of the things you're holding on to or just using for your own advantage, just for yourself? Who perhaps is God asking you to go and meet and spend time with, to get close to? How can you help? How can you be a blessing to other people? How can you serve and help others this week? Who is it or where is it God is calling you to have an attitude more like that? 
And I'm sure as we think about that, and as we do it, I don't think, I, I know when we do that, it does and will bring transformation in the lives of people. At the start, we all put our hands up and said, we want to be people that are known for having a good attitude, that encourage, that help others. And we don't want to be known for having a bad attitude. I put it to you that the best way to do that is to try and follow Jesus' example. And it does make a difference. We said we wanted to spend time with people like that. And if we make Jesus known through the, our attitude, just imagine the transformation we can bring to this world. Let me pray. Our Father, I thank you so much that you love us. And Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that you were willing to give up everything you had to come to us, to live amongst us, to serve us, to die for us, so that we can be raised to new life in you. Lord, we thank you for that incredible transformation that happens in our lives when we put our trust in that. And I pray for every single one of us here that you would help us to imitate that attitude in our lives. That for each and every one of us here, we would know where or who you are calling us to have that attitude with this week. That attitude that transformed us and can bring transformation to this world. Amen.